0: For the News and Observer, I'm Kyle Ingram, politics reporter, and today's host of Under the Dome. Elections are over a year out, but campaigns are already well underway for some of the biggest offices in the state. One such office, however, isn't actually on the ballot. House Speaker Tim Moore, who has served a record setting five terms as leader of the chamber, announced he won't be running for speaker again. Today I've got my colleague, Luciana Perez Ribiganasi, who also covers politics, to talk what's next for Moore and who might take his place as speaker. And then after the break, we'll come back with our D.C. correspondent to discuss former President Donald Trump's latest indictment and what it could mean for a lawyer right here from Raleigh.
1: Yeah, so North Carolina House Speaker Tim Moore announced recently that he will not be running again for another term, sixth term as Speaker of the House. And so that is pretty significant. He's been there a while. He is one of the three of the most powerful politicians in the state level, at the state level. And so people wonder, you know, what's next for him? And so in looking at that, one of the main things that has been on people's mind is a potential run for Congress. Now, according to his campaign manager, Paul Shoemaker, that is one of many options on the table. Um, Despite that, uh, he said it's not set in stone because the districts have not been drawn out, the congressional districts. And so that's going to come sometime in the next few months. According to Shoemaker, that will be in September, but I don't know. You know, that seems a little bit soon, but yeah. we'll see. Um, but I guess when we see those new lines and where those are placed, maybe if there's something in Cleveland County or around there, mm-hmm. that could be a hint. Um, apart from that potential run in Congress, there's, of course, other venues such as La And with the background that Moore has and the political knowledge and the insider knowledge, um, mm-hmm. That would be probably a you know role he would do very well in, mm-hmm. and then there's potential other venues which seem a little less likely, such as staying within the legislature but not in a speaker position, or uh, running a law firm, his law firm, or being in house for another law firm. So those are a lot of the many potential routes, and I guess nothing is set in stone, and we will see, and we will see how that affects, um, you know, just the panorama in the next few months. Um, and another big thing that you have looked at is who will be taking over his position. So that's going to be a big one. He- that's right.
0: Yeah, so I mean, so we're hearing there's like three big names right now, right? So it's Destin Hall, who's the Rules Chairman of the House. Uh, then we've got Jason Sane, he's one of the Head Budget Negotiators right now, also chairs the Appropriations Committee. Uh, and then there's John Bell, who's the House Majority Leader. So all of these people have had their names floated. I believe Bell and Hall are the only ones who have actually announced that they intend to run for the speakership. So we're following that pretty closely. Um, I believe Don, our other colleague, uh, spoke with Sane uh, recently who said he wasn't sure yet what his decision was going to be on this. Mm -hmm. But um, it's a tough job for a speaker. Um, They're going to have to compete with the legacy of someone who's held this job for By the time he's gone, he'll have had it for about 10 years. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, when we look at the most recent campaign finance filings, Moore is bringing in a significant amount of money for the party and redistributing that to other Republicans in the House. So that's something that they're going to have to show that they're capable of doing uh, if they want to be the ones who can uh, take his position.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think you looked at their filings, uh, you know, right now and That they hadn't brought in that much yet of course they're not you know the speaker so they don't have that name recognition but
0: right and we're also not you know deep in election season yet so i don't know if we should uh judge too soon but um compared to moore who brought in uh let's see he brought in uh over three million dollars in the last election overall um that's pretty significant Um, john bell uh brought in a little over sixty-eight thousand in the last six months um and he's got one hundred seventy thousand on hand so it's not really close to that, but um, again, they're not campaigning as speaker. It's not yeah. election season, so I think we have some room to change on that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, and um, let's get your pick for headliner of the
1: week. So, I couldn't find something you know super crazy this week, but something I read, which our team—not politics team, but the news and observer team—did alongside interns who are uh, leaving soon is the Glenwood South Project, and that basically looked at Glenwood from 6 a.m. Friday to 6 a.m. Saturday, I believe it was. So you get to see the whole picture of very slow mornings, very silent, all the way through 2, 3, 4 a.m. shenanigans. So it was pretty fun, and the visuals there are really cool and um, just narrative writing. So I think it's a cool project to check out out of the politics sphere.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A great project. Everybody should give that a read. Um, I'll be saving my headliner till the end of the next segment. Um, Stay tuned. We're going to bring on our DC correspondent to talk Trump's latest indictment. And uh, thanks for joining us, Luciana.
1: Thank Thank you.
0: You're listening to Under the Dome. I'm politics reporter Kyle Ingram for the News and Observer. We started off talking about Tim Moore and the future of the speakership, and now I'm joined by our D.C. correspondent, Danielle Pataglia, who's been covering some North Carolina connections to one of the biggest stories in the country right now. Danielle, tell us about this latest indictment for Trump. How does it fit into the others?
2: It is... Uh, there. I think you have got to take it in three different parts. I had to think about that for a minute. So... The first one uh, deals with business records with the uh, Stormy Daniels case. Um, she is a former porn star. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. And, um, and he had basically given hush money as what's the allegation and, and falsified business records to do that. Um, and then the next charge dealt with Mar-a-Lago and some classified documents he had kept in Florida at the resort. This one specifically dealt with his his, uh, trying to retain power with the presidency and what led up to January 6th and the events of January 6th. So this is the one that I think probably stands out to people the most because we all, all eyes were on January 6th. We were all watching what was happening on on January 6th. Um, There's been a lot of interest here at the Capitol. And so this one was very different in that. It's something I think we all took interest in. Mm-hmm.
0: And what's the North Carolina connection here? I understand there's a, a a lawyer involved from here.
2: There is a lawyer involved. So Sydney Powell, she was born. I should, I should say she was raised in North Carolina, um, specifically in the Triangle. I think she was born there as well, but I don't want to swear to that. Um, she went to UNC. She now lives in Texas, but we claim her as one of our own in North Carolina. Um, She is known to be one of the people, one of the lawyers that became part of his legal team once he lost the election in 2020. And she had come up with a lot of conspiracy theories about different ways that the election could have been stolen from him. She is the one that you saw very largely involved in the Dominion voting systems um, conspiracy theory that their hardware and software had been used to manipulate votes Um, Dominion has since sued her. They've sued Fox News for um, repeating those claims. Um, Fox News has settled. The lawsuit with Sydney is still going on. So there is that connection with her. She was listed in, actually, I shouldn't say she was listed. She is believed to be a co-conspirator in the latest indictment. There were six co-conspirators. There's enough factual information that the prosecutor gave us that you can figure out five of the six she is believed to be co-conspirator three based on the information that is in the indictment.
0: Okay, and as far as we know, she's likely the only co-conspirator who's connected to North Carolina, but she's not the only North Carolina figure connected to Trump's recent legal troubles, is that right?
2: That is true, and it's interesting. Um, I will note that the indictment said, it made very clear that there could be more people eventually. They say these are the co-conspirators that they know about at this time. Um, There is the question of Mark Meadows. Everybody wants to know about Mark Meadows. He's a former congressman who represented North Carolina's 11th congressional district. He resigned to become President Trump's, former President Trump's chief of staff and um, was very much involved in all of these situations surrounding January 6th, the presidency, um, the last couple of years that President Trump was in office. And so everyone wants to know why is he not listed as a co-conspirator? The theory is, that he has flipped on Trump and is working with law enforcement and prosecutors to give information, probably to either get a lesser plea deal or to not be charged at all. There's no information to the public that says that, that we can like definitely say he is not going to be charged or that he is working with prosecutors. But he is listed in the um, indictment as his chief of staff instead of a co-conspirator. And that is the only logical reason that makes sense to people. Okay, and then we do we do have others. Um, you know, Mark Martin's name's been mentioned. He is another um, another figure from North Carolina that eyes are on. He is currently working for High Point University, starting a law school there. He was um, one of the people that Donald Trump had reached out to on January sixth to get advice from. Um, there's not a lot of information about what. Their relationship was or how they knew each other or even what was talked about. But that has been discussed. And then there's also Cleena Mitchell, who lives in uh, Southern North Carolina. She is also an attorney who was working with uh, President Trump and could be. There's a lot of speculation that we might see her in the indictment on the Georgia case with uh, mm-hmm. Raffensperger.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's the case in which Trump was asking the Georgia Secretary of State to find the votes he needed to win the state. Is that right? He
2: just needs more votes, guys. It's not that hard. <laughs> I'm not quoting him directly, but it was. that's the gist.
0: Mm-hmm. And of course, Cleta Mitchell also been in the news here more locally, uh, met with some legislative leaders to discuss election integrity measures. She leads a national group that wants stricter election rules. So I believe after their meeting, there was some uh, election laws introduced in the legislature that we're still seeing work through. So keeping our eyes on that. But while I've still got you, uh, we want to do our headliner of the week. So what do you have for us this week?
2: I don't think I could not pick President Trump. He was parked outside my window all day yesterday with his airplane. Uh, So President Trump's arraignment here in D.C. kind of uh, caught all of our attention here across the city. So I'm going to pick the arraignment
0: yeah you had a front seat view from your apartment is that right
2: i did he was he was right there out my window mm-hmm. got to watch the guys with the umbrellas waiting on him to come back
0: <laughs> all right well i think for my headliner this week i'm gonna go something with a little more casual um i had my first time going to longleaf swine here in downtown raleigh nice. uh, great vibe there great time i met with some other uh nc state Capitol reporters um Got a very small uh, Miller High Life in a pony bottle (laughs) because that was on a deal. So had a good time there. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining me, Danielle. And for The News and Observer, I'm Kyle Ingram. Thanks for listening.
1: For more from our politics team, subscribe to The News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider and sign up for our weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome, at Newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.